Hi, and welcome to episode one of 2024, Did You Watch The Rift? This week on the episode, we're going to chat through Hamilton's bombshell move to Ferrari for 2025 and the fallout from the rest of the grid and where it leaves Mark for the rest of the season and into the future. We'll also be taking a look at Christian Horner's unsavoury allegations and checking in with the Swiss government as a kick stake to the curb. So contrary to last year, there's actually been a lot of exciting news over the break, starting with Hamilton to Ferrari. Hamilton shocked everybody last week when he announced his departure from Mercedes at the end of 2024 and will be becoming a Ferrari driver in 2025, which Jason in a previous episode went through and shared his thoughts as a Mercedes and a Hamilton fan. So Colm, what do you think of this move? Yeah, I think it was well, maybe not inevitable, but I don't. I didn't really think it as much of a surprise. Maybe a sh- like a definitely a big shock because I wasn't expecting it to be this soon. But he said it in the past. I know people have thought maybe it might have been a bit of a joke, but I kind of thought it as not an inevitability. But I could definitely see him in in Ferrari at some stage. So no time like the present, I guess. I agree. I am not surprised in some ways he's left Mercedes because he obviously hasn't been quiet about the fact that he has found the car difficult to drive, that he's frustrated with the progress. And obviously he has the kind of shadow of that eighth world title always hanging over him so I feel like for him probably the the thinking is is that he's going to pivot completely and and almost in a last ditch effort because he's 39 and it will be 40 when he starts his season next year so like yeah That's I mean obviously he still has a few years he could have a few years left in it but I imagine like it's only a few years so he really needs to do something drastic yeah I also think it's a good move on his part like Ferrari have obviously been shown that they're mm getting better i know people have been hurt in the past by ferrari basically killing off world champions but to think about it like from his perspective who's there at the mm-hmm. minute is charles they've got a new team principal and it's looking good the car looks good the main issue is like the team strategy which he can kind of feed into a lot he's a lot to bring to the team that he can kind of bolster them up i think and uh, he can definitely run circles around charles in terms of mind games so I think it should be pretty decent. I think so. I would say Leclerc is a bit peeved that obviously he's not number one driver anymore. He's obviously still the the star of the Ferrari kind of development program. Almost like they're they're putting a lot of investment behind him. But it'd be really interesting to see now the dynamic between both. Yeah, I think I'm really excited for that. Mm. I think that'll be good. I'm yeah, I'm really excited to see Leclerc's reaction to this because I think when you look at all the best drivers of the last thirty years. They took opportunities like this of racing with somebody so experienced and so, you know, with such a pedigree in the sport and made themselves better by it. Like you look at Max, yeah. uh, Hamilton, Alonso, all of them, like Hamilton, obviously I would have followed the closest. After his first season with Alonso, you could see that he took a bit of that through racing with Button that kind of brought, you know, oh, you have to get the team on your side, that sort of an element. Rosberg, where it was vicious infighting, you know, it, you have to t- absorb and improve. They're constantly learning, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Rather than throwing the toys out of the pram. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is an amazing opportunity for Leclerc, especially when you look at that they're both at basically complete opposite ends of their season, or their, their careers. Like, what age is Leclerc? 25, 26? Is he even? 25 I think mm. yeah so look he realistically has 15 years left in the sport like the way that drivers are going these days so you could almost argue he's not directly competing with Hamilton at the moment mm-hmm. or well in in 2025 in the fact that you know they're, they're just at such different levels 
So yeah, I agree. I don't think he will be, to be honest. Yeah, I think. Well, no, no, as I think he could be com- competing on track. I just mean, as in, in in a power struggle within the team. I think he'd be stupid to try and you know I, I overpower or out muscle. Yeah. What what could lift Ferrari as a baseline, you know? Mm-hmm. And what 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 like what seems to have been happening in Ferrari for the last couple of years, where do you know car development and everything was kind of going a bit fifty fifty, and science was getting pulled because of his pull within within the sport. And that was obviously affecting the team and Leclerc himself. So I think that kind of will change a bit here. Like he had to prove he was better than Sainz. He mm-hmm. doesn't have to prove he's better than Hamilton, if that makes sense. That's yeah, a good fair. point. Yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think Charles will be able to compete with Hamilton in terms of like on the track for a whole season. Maybe in some races, yes, but I don't think he, I still don't think he has the mental capacity to do that again and again every race. So I don't think he's going to last over the season. But like for one race at a time, I think so, maybe. Yeah, I, it's hard to know. Like, you know, if he is out, out of the gate, it depends on how Hamilton gets out on, you know, as in he's obviously moving team. He's been with Mercedes for 10 years more. To, uh, that'll be, he'll have done 12 seasons, I think, with them. And he's never raced not with a Mercedes engine. So, you know, even that's a huge mm, wow, okay. change, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's so, like Hamilton will need a bit of adaption. And that's why they're bringing him in in 2025 rather than 2026, so that it's ahead of the regulation changes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll they'll have different metrics of beating each other over the season. I think, mm. yeah, I th- I don't even think Hamilton, I don't think Hamilton will be thinking about that. I think he'll, he'll, he will have his own metrics for success. Yeah, exactly. That's unrelated to Charles whatsoever. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I mean, in terms of Ferrari taking on Hamilton as a driver, obviously he's getting paid a cool 100 million a year for it. But considering that it was, it's been 15 years since they've won a Constructors' Cup, and it's been 16 since Kimi Räikkönen won a world title under Ferrari, like it probably is is a risk, but a worthwhile risk for them to take as a team to take on a driver like Hamilton, who's so well decorated. So it can only be mutually beneficial. I I don't think it's a to, to be honest, I don't think it's a risk for Ferrari at all. Do you not think? For, well, I suppose actually, sorry, it's Ferrari. Of course, it's not financial risk. I'm sure 100 million is nothing to no, them. No, and. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, so it's it's 400 million in total, I think, for the, the length of the contract. But like, yeah, I, I don't think there's like, there's not a team on the grid, maybe outside of Red Bull, that wouldn't take Hamilton just even in name alone and have the like, you know, he is the biggest star in the sport mm. in terms of kind of global reach. So it completely lines up with Ferrari's brand of, oh, we're the best car, we have the best driver in, you know, in their road car division. So I think even if Hamilton has a fairly meh career with Ferrari, they'll still look at it and be like, well, we got a shit ton of fans and a load of exposure. So, you know, risk wise, I don't think they're missing out a huge pile. Yeah, that's good. And point. like against keeping science, the, realistically, I, I can't see Hamilton performing worse than science now i could be wrong but i can't see it happening <laughs> yeah i agree so i i think ferrari were in a very low risk situation mm. and hamilton maybe slightly more risk but i don't know i do agree actually when you say it about bringing new fans over because obviously hamilton has his own i mean mercedes is a lot of hamilton fans like you know fans are fans of Mercedes because of Hamilton so we probably will they will bring over a lot of fans and obviously branding and merch and everything and deal like Jesus yeah they'll they'll turn out a lot of money for him I hadn't actually really thought of that aspect of it yeah I'll be absolutely buying some Ferrari merch even though I you know red isn't my colour but it's kind of nature of the sport where people don't people follow drivers first and then teams by and large I was just about to say say. I don't really follow a team necessarily I'm like I like that driver like that driver 
Mm. Yeah, and you can like a team how they go about business and that, but it it is always yet the the driver kind of at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like as in, what, Jamie, you're a Max fan. Like if he left Red Bull, would you still like Red Bull? No, I'd probably probably change alliances. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good point. So, and like, that's, I I don't think it's similar to like football, whereas in if you change teams because a player changes that's not all right mm. whereas like in f1 it's it's just different yeah um i think since i recorded the kind of short episode as well a lot more details have come out around kind of how the switch happened so i don't know how much you've read about this but that basically it was the mercedes the daimler board wouldn't give hamilton what he wanted not the mercedes f1 team but this was coming from the higher ups oh. in daimler that mercedes hamilton wanted a basically kind of an ambassador role to grow his own image within the sport mm. after his career which he has been very vocal about over the last five to ten years and the Hamilton commission everything like that Mm. he wanted assurances that that would be you know his life after retirement and Mercedes board basically said no and so it wasn't I think strictly money alone it was that kind of I didn't even think it was money related to be honest like mm, yeah if, I didn't think so well, like, obviously four, 400 million money is related mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but like do you know what I mean as in like he like mm. he could he could go to any team and if any team has deep enough pockets I'm yeah. sure he could get a decent deal like I don't think the reason like as in like I never thought it was the reason he left was like oh Mercedes won't give me enough money I yeah don't, I don't think that's his motivation no exactly it's kind of legacy that he was looking for more out of Mercedes than money um, and that's where John Elkin of Ferrari who was very shrewd and obviously heard that there was this kind of going on and basically came in and put the world under Hamilton so Ferrari are apparently giving a lot of money to the Hamilton Commission they are obviously they're linked to a lot more fashion brands and kind of global brands than Mercedes are which would be right up Hamilton Street obviously the amount of money Mm -hmm. and then the ambassador role as well so and to drive for Ferrari and to drive for Ferrari and that's why I don't know if you've seen the interview Toto did the first one kind of after Hamilton left Mm -hmm. And he was very kind of pragmatic, like he was kind of like, no, fair enough that he left, you know, because I think he obviously would have been fighting to keep Hamilton and probably was a bit miffed at the board, you know, like. I think that's going to be really interesting then for the for this season, if it if it wasn't a, a Mercedes F1, ultimately a decision that, as you said, there's no bad blood between them. Like, that's not yeah. the reason for I the relationship. That, I think that's going to be less interesting. Oh, than if Toto was like, fuck Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah true. 100%. I'd be way more interested if, if it was a not mutual agreed leaving. Yeah. That's true. I don't think it's Hamilton style, to be honest, though. I don't uh, know. I'd say he'd be ratty enough yep. <laughs> when he wants to be. Yeah, 2016. But yeah, like I think it's an incredible bit of business from Ferrari. Mm. Like I And I think the big thing as well, it, it's kind of, it'll be his lasting, you know, the last time we see him in F1 will be in a red suit. Yeah. And yeah. people won't forget that. It's pretty cool. I, I think like... I might forget it, that. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose if he has a very forgettable <laughs> yeah, yeah. period of time, but yeah, I think if he has any capacity of success, it, he will be remembered as, you know, that, that'll be his lasting kind of legacy in the sport will be in red. So I think that's an interesting side of it as well. No, I think I think it'll definitely be Hamilton Mercedes. That's that'll be his legacy, I think. I don't know if like unless he does win another know. championship in red, I can't imagine like if he does like two years here and he doesn't really do much and yeah. he leaves, I can't imagine being like, Yeah, Hamilton Ferrari. But like no Yeah, fair, yeah. Like you don't remember Michael in Mercedes. Mercedes. Very yeah. true. In fairness, they weren't a big team then, fair enough, but yeah. you get the you get the idea. There's one more thing I want to hit on this before we leave. So, I don't know if you've been following Sebastian Vettel on Instagram, but he's been putting up a load of posts about getting ready for 
he's not saying I'm getting ready for the next season of racing or anything like that mm-hmm. but he's putting up loads of his old videos and stuff and uh, he's been doing that for a while and I know I, I think obviously I think he's doing it for the for the memes just to stir the pot <laughs> yeah but <laughs> God, that'd be great if he came back. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. Like, mm. no, I people have done it before. Look, look, look at Alonso, yeah. Alonso, Schumacher, Raikkonen. A lot of top drivers have become disillusioned at the sport and then came back. You know, so now that would be good. Yeah, especially oh, if that, he gets that would to, be incredible if he gets to race against Hamilton while Hamilton's in the Ferrari. I feel like he'd he'd love that gag of the season. It, uh, yeah, it would be like if you had him and like so you'd have back you'd be back to four world champions on the grid. Yeah, it would be Sky and all of F one advertising's wet dream, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Related to Vettel then just as well and kind of Hamilton's move. So there's been talk of quite a few Merck engineers moving over as well. Now yes. a few of these were already moving regardless well, regardless of the Hamilton news as far as we know. Mm. Maybe this deal has been kinda in the works for a while. But apparently that was one of the things Hamilton was concerned about, that when Vettel moved to Ferrari initially, he kind of went in on his own. There wasn't, you know, he didn't carry over a lot with him mm-hmm. and that that's why he kind of struggled and plateaued a bit. And then, you know, was never, never really settled for and never got a full comfortable season in the team, really, you know. Mm. And so apparently Hamilton is trying not to repeat those mistakes. Now, there's rumours that Bono might be going and a couple other dr- or engineers as well. But there's rumours now as well that Mercedes have kind of tried to stem that tied and are retro not retroactively but kind of trying to put non-compete clauses or whatever they can to stop the brain drain over to Ferrari oh god so like unless those lads are their contracts are up for renewal they can't do that like yeah exactly yeah they can't retroactively put clauses into contracts but it might be them throwing money at people which would just I think would be even worse again for Mercedes Mm. throwing money at people who don't necessarily want to be there you know it it, it can happen in any company in any industry and it's never really a good sign so I think that's very interesting and it, it really harks back to Schumacher's move to Ferrari in 97 96, 97, where he, you know, kind of assembled that dream team of Ross Braun, Jean Tott, and plenty of other, there was uh, Ross Byrne, yeah, loads of people anyway, that became what we remember now as the mighty Ferrari of the early noughties. So I think he's being quite shrewd yet in this move. Now, he's lucky that he's been able to see how Ferrari have treated drivers in the past and all that, you know, Mm. it's not... It, it's a bit more obvious what they're like now than it was say when Alonso joined in 2010 Raikkonen again in 2014 and Vettel you know yeah so as in like yeah. there's, a, there's a pattern now that he can pick out yes point up, exactly point up yeah. mistakes and be like I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. yeah and the fact that Ferrari really went all out to get him as well I think that's a bit of a sign on their part that they're willing to do more as well to make it work you know yeah yeah they're almost in the back foot like what you're saying it's risky for him it's not risky for them they only have benefit to gain so yeah. when he steps in there's no reason for him to be like oh yeah I'll definitely I like oh I need to please you you know he's not going to go around chasing yeah. them in, in the sense of I'm going to do everything I can to please you they've already shown that that's the position they're in so mm. I think when he goes to the team he's going to have the upper leg to ask for what he wants and yeah. get it basically and if we go back to I think our first episode of the podcast last year we spoke about Fred obviously starting into his first season at Ferrari and that there will be a bit of kind of clearing house and a lot yeah. of changes. So it seems like he is kind of, he's getting the back end within the team and the environment does seem to be shifting at Ferrari from what 
we've become accustomed to, I think. Now, look, it's still Ferrari. They can still <laughs> turn around and do, you know, whatever they want. But it's exciting times, I would say, uh, for... Because, look, I think uh, no matter what team you're a fan of, and even if you hate Ferrari, I think most people will agree a good Ferrari is good for F1. Yeah. It, it just kind of is. It's the... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good the, advertising. Uh, yeah. Is the history of the sport. So, moving on from that exciting news, we're going to go on to some dubious news. Christian Horner has allegations against him from a female staff member for controlling an inappropriate behaviour. So this is an interesting one. Obviously, people have mixed opinions on Christian Horner, but this is quite serious. Um, On Friday, just gone, he had an eight hour long. Now, the media are calling it like a grilling session, but I believe it was a meeting. Uh, where he was grilled about the contents of the allegation, but the results of that or what went on in that meeting haven't been shared yet. So we don't really know much. It's more a, a lot of hearsay. And there is a lot of people in the F1 community are obviously coming out and giving their their opinion. I think uh, Jensen Button came out and just passed comment that it wasn't looking great for him. Bernie Eccleston came out uh, today, so Tuesday on our when we're recording, or the great moral compass of F one. Yeah, the, the ethical billionaire himself, um, <laughs> long time good man, known for his philanthropy. <laughs> <laughs> um, great guy, Bernie Axton said uh, to Christian, or he urged Christian, you know, publicly to resign. Um, now Christian has said that he very much denies his allegations. His wife, who is Spice Girl rebranded as Tory leader uh, or Tory wife. Wait, what? Well, she's rebranded. <laughs> that, that sounds like another podcast episode. I know. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, she's a big Tory. Anyway, so his wife. Um, oh, I didn't know that. His wife, Jerry Halliwell, the Spice Girl herself, has come out to say that she stands by her man and all that jazz. Um but the interesting thing now, and I haven't been really able to find much uh, like solid concrete evidence, you know, uh, but there is a bit of chat online about how this allegation has come from the Netherlands and how there is a potential conspiracy theory that it came from Jos Verstappen or Jos Verstappen, Max Verstappen's dad had something to do with the allegation. I heard other rumours of where the allegations came from. Um, I heard rumours that it could have potentially been uh, someone from Marco's office. Yes. Yeah. Try and, to try and uh, quell any power grabs from Horner. Because last year there was there was rumours in the background that there was a power struggle whenever... Uh, what was his name? The Red Bull guy? Schmatt Schmitz? Uh, no, Schmitz? Dietrich Mataschitz. Mataschitz, yeah. So there was rumours floating around last year when Mataschitz died that there was a power struggle going on between mm-hmm. Horner and Marco. But I think they came out and made public statements that there was nothing. They've been working together for a long time. They're good friends. But I heard more rumours that there was tension in the background for the rest of the season. And now with this could potentially be, you know, reports around Marco getting that released. I don't I don't like to think like that in terms mm-hmm. of because like if, if, if someone's coming out to say that they've been like things like this has happened to them you don't want to be like oh it's a conspiracy theory you shush over there like it kind of sounds bad but I think these are the rumours that are there it's kind of a hard story to comment on because you kind of forget there's a victim at the end of the day in this exactly and 
they, whoever they are, have kind of almost been forgotten in that conspiracy theory. That's so exactly. True. So I I bring it up, but I want to asterisk it with no. So I look. I'm no and now right yeah. So I'll caveat this statement with I don't know what happened in the incident, and obviously no, none of us will know what happened in the incident, and it's hard to so it's hard to discuss the kind of surrounding consequences. Mm-hmm. without without that information but i think there definitely is a bit of truth in that that a lot and marco and I, so marco and yas are quite close and max is very close with marco as well like he's said before he sees him as kind of a family not family member but you know he's very very close to him and i think manishit's dying last year as well has been instrumental in this too i think it's a kind of combination of the Red Bull company trying to get back the team from Horner. Interesting. And look, I'm no, I'm not a huge fan of Horner as a person, but I have an amazing amount of respect for him as a team principal within the sport. Mm. And like when you look at what he's done, as in he he joined the team in there for, or he joined the team as it started, built it from the ground up. He was 35 when he joined at the start, longest running team principal in the sport. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. As a person, meh. But as a, uh, as a team principal, and a, a team principal, and a, team yeah, principal. As, and a competitor, everything, yeah, there's very little you can say against him. What I find uh, strange about this is, so the the rumours, obviously, yeah, as the, this controlling and inappropriate behaviour and kind of bad workplace environment. It's strange that this is coming out when Red Bull are so comfortably at the top of their game mm. after 20 years that that's what makes me kind of question it to a degree. Not that Horner doesn't have these traits and tendencies, but that it now doesn't He'd suit. done it, but why now is what you're yeah, asking. Exactly, yeah, exactly. No, that is exactly what I'm asking because there's no way that the environment in the team isn't worse than 2014 when they'd just come off four world title wins and then were absolutely nowhere near Mercedes and then continue to not be near Mercedes for years after that. You know, there's been so many opportunities that... If, you know, he didn't start exhibiting these behaviours this year. Like, it, the odds of that happening are minuscule. No, I, I highly doubt that. I feel like, I feel like if, if it's true, which at the minute I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think we will start to see more come out of the woodwork. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, exactly. And in time, we will see if the pattern starts to emerge. Yeah. This is how it is. Um, In saying that, though, I still believe, like, this per person had to go through whatever it is like regardless if they're just upon a greater conspiracy yeah. they're still yeah. had a shit time oh I mean? no no so. 100% I, I completely agree with what you're saying that and that, that's what I'm saying and I'm, I'm sure that there's been more people like this who felt they couldn't report it for years going yeah. back I just think that it, it's all very a convenient lot, yes it, it's very mm. convenient and I mean, the the true piece of evidence to me that Helmut Marko was involved is that he said no comment in relation to this. <laughs> and famously, Helmut Marko has never not commented on anything. That is a great point. Yeah. Like, when has he never not said something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's when his PR team completely took over his Twitter. Yeah. <sighs> God, it was about fucking time, honestly. Yeah, I think... I do agree, yeah. though. Like, obviously... It's a, it's, we have to take it seriously, no matter what other people's motivations are to perpetuating it. And if it's true that it is like that kind of conspiracy thing, that makes it even worse because this poor girl is being tossed yeah. around. Like a, like a, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
And also yeah, everything and we say is allegedly. <laughs> Don't oh, come yeah, for us yeah. Christian Horner's lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> or come do an interview with us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I definitely have the, the, the opinion that like obviously F1 is a very highly driven environment but it is still a job at the end of the day. You shouldn't yeah. be abused at your job just yeah. because it's also a sport. You know, yeah. these people aren't in the public eye the, the, you know, the, sorry, the vast, vast majority of, F, of engineers and staff and F1 aren't directly in the public eye. So they have to, they're held to a different standard than obviously athletes and team principals gets abused, but they're in, you know, that's, they've taken that in as part of their role. Mm. Somebody not within that hasn't. So yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to figure out. There's just so much static to get through. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's it's really hard to see him continuing in the team. I like I don't know what what you think, but it's I think if the, the the fact that the team didn't kind of immediately come out and support him is speaking volumes. Now, obviously, they're mm. trying to appear like a good workplace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but if this was if I this isn't that... isn't if this isn't an attempted power grab, they would have said. They, you know, something would have been out at this point that... No, I, d- I don't know if I agree with that one. I feel like as a responsible... Like, if you're a workplace and allegations that come out, you're not going to jump to defend someone if you're not sure. Like, the first thing you need to do is figure it out. Like, I don't think jumping to Horner's defence is going to be... You know, like, if they came out and said, oh, we're going to do our best to investigate that, that's exactly what I would expect yeah. any workplace to to kind of come out and say. Like... There's no point jumping to his defence and then in, in a month's time or two months time when it's like, oh, oh no, he actually did do it. Uh, we're, we're sorry about that. You know what I mean? You've already fucked it. Like, yeah, I, I would counter that by saying they've never done anything like this about Helmut Marko. Very <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Very true. What do you mean? Like, as in, they've always they, been they've like, never publicly thrown him under the bus as a team. Mm, very true. But they haven't thrown Honor under the bus. They've just not said anything. Like, yeah, and like the in the past when when helmets gone off the handle, they've just been like mm. the power of not saying anything though is is quite strong. Just but they've never said anything when helmet does stuff either. Yeah, I suppose I don't know. Just thinking from like obviously in my job, I have to look at these things sometimes from like a, a PR perspective, like that. From a like a PR perspective, I agree totally with you, column that like. It's better for them to not s- to say that we're. It's better in the long run to be quiet. Yeah, I would say, Until and just you know have a holding on. statement to say we're investigating internally because that's all you can do. Like for example, with Marco after his fairly racist comments towards Perez last yeah. year, uh, Red Bull never said anything. And you know, if we're talking exactly. if we're talking about HR things, that's a fairly. Mm. You would think Red Bull would say something on that. But you do know. you think they're afraid? Exactly. To? No, but like. They haven't, they didn't speak out against it and they didn't say, like, they're just mute. Mm. And it's the exact same situation here. I don't think. Well, no, they announced that they're investigating what's going on. They didn't even announce that they're making any look into Marco's comments on it. But there's nothing to investigate. He made a racist comment. It's like, we're going to investigate the facts in front of us. I I just don't think they have, like, what are, what can they do? What can they, what can Rebel do? With Helmut Marco, do you know what I mean? Like he is just there, like 
You know what I mean? Like, what if they even did an internal investigation? Like, what is the result going to be? Oh yeah, I'm not saying it would change anything, but it it, so it that, would like still... that would that would be a worse PR situation for them. Yes. Oh, we're going to investigate and nothing. nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, but like, like but but yeah, no, I I think even still in saying that they'll look into it or like not look into it I know what you mean it's in the facts in that case we're all you know, <laughs> in the open but like taking some no I think it's important for companies to take responsibility for yeah. their employees good and bad and like that is like an idea and obviously Red Bull is clearly becoming an example of how not to deal with these kind of things from like a PR perspective yeah um, but ironic given they're a PR company with an F1 team <laughs> not the other way around <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah. Are they? They're an advertising. They're an advertising company. Oh, they're an advertising company. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Very different. <laughs> but I was <laughs> going to. True, I was actually. just going to. Any. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say that um, a really good example, actually, of how to pause, not take a positive spin, but as in make a, a more productive comment is um, Williams' principal James Vowles was asked about the allegations during the week and what he thought and kind of to, to share his thoughts on it. And he had a really good response about saying like, look, we don't know, as we've said, we don't know uh, what they are, what the nature of them is. But then he brought it back to Williams and saying that like, um, if if that had happened in Williams, that all of the proper procedures would be taken and um, that it's important that everyone has a safe work environment and just like made it, I was just like, wow, that is such a well executed response. And it was like really thoughtful and that's maybe like Rebel needs to take a, a leaf out of their book because it was it was really impressive. He just he didn't comment, but he also kind of brought it back to Williams and was like, well, we're a great place to work. Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good spin on it. Yeah. Like if it was a conspiracy theory to oust Horner's seat of power, I'd be very surprised because... I'd say there's other methods they could do that without getting rid of him mm. as a team principal. Like, he's obviously a very, very good team principal. When they're on the... When they're on their winning seasons, like they're kind of in their good seasons at the minute, they're doing fantastic. To get rid of your team principal is going to really shake up the team. Like, in my head it would anyway. I don't know why they'd want to disrupt that. Breed. Well, I would say if they... Yeah, if this so yeah, this is kind of buying into the conspiracy theory side of it. This is probably how, exactly how they would do it because it's an easy way to turn staff against them. Mm, Whereas point. if they just up and fired them or whatever, no, no, I I understand that part of it, like turning the people against but them. Why now? But like, but like, yeah, exactly. Like in the peak of everything, it's like just uh, do it when everything's done. Like you know, when you're losing, you need someone new. I so I, I like this could be just a case of kind of corporate complacency where they are looking at it saying, "Oh, the team's in great condition. We just need to maintain it at this," mm. and that's not what F one is. You know, it like the old saying of "If you stand still in F one, you're moving backwards." Yeah, I and like you you see this entirely across the corporate world. In you know, like Boeing, Intel are really good examples of it, where a company becomes really successful because of the 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 people working in it. And then either, you know, management or accounting effectively move in and say, oh, we're really successful. We can cut all of these things that mm. were actually the reasons they were really successful. So Boeing, the example is, and they cut loads of engineers because they're like, oh, we make Unreal planes. We won't stop making Unreal planes, you know. Whoa. Yeah. So 
sorry, not lol at that, but as in the, <laughs> the irony of that. Yeah. So, and that's where I think the, the Matt shit's not being, well, Dietrich not being the head of Red Bull anymore might factor into this mm. and kind of, it, it, like, I would say if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't pay too much attention to this conspiracy. I think the fact that that has happened, it matters a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. God, has this turned into a Business Insights podcast? Listen to us. So speaking of corporate idiocy, (laughs) we move on to the Sauber Steak Swiss shit show, uh, basically. (laughs) So obviously Sauber announced this year that, well, sorry, Sauber announced last year that Steak will be the lead partner with the team and that they'll be renaming towards this. Steak for background are obviously a gambling company. This has all been going on. The car has been released, livery out, everything. Awful looking race suits. I don't know if you've seen them or not. I kind of love them. I kind of oh. love the lime green. They're so ugly. They're nice. They're yeah. so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, shortly after that release, the Swiss government, obviously Sauber is a Swiss F1 team, came out and say, uh, we never okayed this. So Swiss Switzerland have different regulations around gambling and sports betting, advertising on sports teams. And they've kind of thrown a spanner in the works on it. Now, since this story is broke, I haven't seen a huge pile of chain, or I haven't seen many updates on it, but... I just genuinely cannot understand. Again, God, we're really dipping into business stuff, but like, do you know when you think about the process of like rebrand and like how many people it has to get through to be approved? Like how... Oh, it's so stupid. How did they go? Like, how many years in the pro- in the in the making is this that no one said just bloody checked if you could advertise gambling in their home country? Like, to, it's just that's insane to me. Like, well, they probably checked and it's like, well, we're not racing in Switzerland, so they probably thought they were ah. Still, like, I just think you know, obviously. Like it's a, it's already a thing where we obviously don't have cigarette companies anymore advertising. They've been banned. And the, obviously when we go to, obviously then when we go to dry countries that the alcohol brands are either blacked out or they're advertised as zero, zero. So like this is not an unfamiliar concept to advertisers. Yeah, no, but I think that's exactly what we're talking about. So like whenever they go to a country, they adhere by the advertising laws, mm. not necessarily based on where the, yeah. where the, company comes from so whenever they go to Switzerland they can't advertise betting yeah yeah that's true so but in their heads we we're not we don't race in Switzerland so it's fine um so yeah it's just a bit mad that you know I should I completely get no you at the same time though as well like from t- companies that work top down as well you always get the situation of like the managers or whoever's the head they want a decision and they kind of push on the buttons of the people below them. And then they push on the buttons of the people below them and so on and so forth until all the approvals just kind of mm. go through without. So if someone brings up an issue. Oh, here's the thing. No, don't listen to that. That's fine because, you know, uh, Stephen wants this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then go ahead and approve it there. Fucking Stephen. And like it does happen. So I finished my rabbit Googling there. And yes, the only update I'd seen on this from 
kind of the story breaking was that the stake branding had been removed from the Cyber website. Now, that's since been half debunked that apparently it was a planned thing to do and it was part of routine work that they were doing on the website. I don't really, I, I, I don't, don't know that. if that makes sense <laughs> or not. Yeah. That. That's ridiculous. Why would you be doing website maintenance uh, in the time period where you're literally launching your rebrand? Yeah. That makes no sense. And also to say that stake doesn't have obviously doesn't have a Swiss license um yeah. to operate. It can't advertise to Swiss users and it's not acceptable or it's not accessible within Switzerland. So again, like as you said, Colin, it's not technically illegal, but as in it's just stupid to think of how limiting the they're they're basically how much they're limiting themselves to their like target audience to a degree which is their the the country in which the I thing is from a new conspiracy oh theory my God, with my tinfoil hat on what if what if they planned this oh, oh so like no news or... in terms of like stake we're like look we want we want to be thing we want to be a brand on your we want to sponsor you sorry let me start again <clears throat> so stake comes to them and say we want to sponsor you we want our brand out there and they concoct this plan to be like, well, we want controversy and then we want our name there. Not necessarily that our company's bad, but that there's controversy around that people get talking and our name is there so people become aware of us. So we could pay you X amount of money and then you can say, oh, the Swiss government doesn't let gambling betting in Switzerland and because you're a Swiss company, blah, 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 blah. And so all of a sudden everyone's talking about steak, everyone's talking about cyber. And so their brand gets out there. They don't necessarily have to be on the car. Yeah. And I, you could even add tinfoil another layer. That. You could add another layer of tinfoil on that and say, Steak knew that and didn't tell Sauber. So that it was even more genuine. As in Ooh. Steak might, might have been aware about it. Also, Steak slash Kick. I'm not 100% sure on the relationship between them. I know as in Steak is the gambling company. Kick is the streaming one. But I know that they advertise a lot together and stuff. And also, they've been doing a lot of that kind of guerrilla fucking marketing bullshit on mm. Reddit anyway that I've seen a couple of different posts. You know where they, they like, somebody will put up a post masquerading as content, but it's actually an ad where yeah. somebody was advertising how much money they were making on kick oh streaming. God. And it was, like, it was so blatantly obvious that Which they were like... absolutely illegal, by the way. Yes, yeah. And Do you know what the worst one? You know what the worst trend now is? You know people... Pretend to be podcasts <laughs> Genuinely Wrecks my head Like You're like Oh How do you get a You know How do you get a full meal a day And the person on the other side is like Oh I drink this and Yeah like, and you're oh like Damn God. it It's an ad I've been yeah. fooled Anyway So Today um, I made my Hello Fresh meal And It was super <laughs> <laughs> It tasted We're delicious sponsored by Hello Fresh, But we plate. want to be I also just want to add on that onto that theory that that if that was the case, it would kind of make sense because obviously they're only a holding name until twenty twenty six, right? When Audi come in, yeah. So, you know, maybe there wasn't a lot of advertisers knocking down the door for two years worth of endorsement. It's probably not worth the a hundred percent because you know. oh, that's great, right? Building on the discussion you were having earlier. Uh, steak already weren't going to be allowed at certain events anyway so they weren't going to be on the car every weekend so we've seen mm. this previously with Williams when they're sponsored by Martini 
and racing yes. in the Middle East, they had to remove the martini red and the the logo from the car. So it's not an unheard of thing in the sport to to do it, but yeah, it it, it definitely just reeks of Cyber needed something and nobody worthwhile wanted to do it when they knew it was going to be dead. Did Rich Energy not want to get onto them? No. Oh, probably. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I think like. Sauber probably just knew they needed something and mm. probably got given an offer that was better than a a smaller player or something like that and kind of like ah sure it's only two years what's the worst that can happen yeah very good point um just while we're also talking about team branding and so on and so forth can we just touch on please don't say it the cash please, please don't app. say it <laughs> Can we touch on AlphaTauri for a second? Oh. Visa Cash App. I yeah. can't believe um, we're going to have to do a full season saying Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. No, do you think uh, they're going to abbreviate it to VCA or uh, something? VCARB is apparently what the in team internally are calling it. I hate that. Oh, really? hate it. I say we make a sweeping statement that for the rest of the season we will not cause them Visa Cash App RP. <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. If we mention either Alpha Towery or Tara Russell, people will know who we're talking about. Yeah. You know? can, we, can, we, can, can we revert back to Tara Russell because their livery looks oh, very yeah. nice. Yes. Yeah, agreed. And it's also a great name. It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Glad we've decided that. That's our meeting notes for <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just finish up on that cyber story. It's just, yeah, it's either that conspiracy <laughs> column that you have or just pure corporate incompetence. Plain and simple. And greed. Could could be greed, incompetence. <laughs> I think they're, they tend to be linked in fairness. Yeah, that's fair actually. But yes, yeah, so we'll see how that develops. Greed breeds incompetence. Yes. The theme of this episode. I want bags and bags of money. Sterling, money, cash, <laughs> app. Oh no! No! <laughs> There's still quite a bit of off-season backlog news to get through, so we'll be updating these stories as they progress. Next week, hopefully, we'll be chatting about Steiner's exit from Haas, Andretti's cold shoulder to F1, and the rule changes for the upcoming season before testing starts. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and help spread the word by telling your friends and family about us. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out our resident artist, Cody Illustration. Yeah. So thanks for listening, folks. My name's Colm. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. And we'll see you next week. Bye.